All right, welcome back to another episode of Green Squad Chats. This week, I thought it'd be fun for us to talk about the one thing that we wish we knew when we started out in the real estate investing business. So uh, we'll start there. I'll just pose the, the question for the team. What is the one thing that if you were starting all over again with your real estate investing journey, what's that one thing that you wish you knew and that you want other people to know? Like when I was picking kind of my niche and I went from residential to multifamily back to residential, I think the one thing is just doing it, less saying, less learning and more doing because everything that gained traction for us to do what we've been able to do over the past three years was because we actually did it. We spent, I, I would probably spend less time learning than I did. I'm grateful that I did that. I got really savvy really quick, but doing it is where I've learned 90% of what I needed to. And it's the best way. I kind of agree with you when we were talking about it. My initial thought was, you know, you become in the beginning, you become so paralyzed that you're going to buy the wrong deal. Right. And so if we pulled all five of us, we've, we've, we bought a bad deal. Right. And, and we came out just fine with it. But when you're at the beginning, you're just so paralyzed that, you know, trying to find the right deal and, and, and not buy a bad deal when we've all bought bad deals and we've all grown from it and we've all moved on from it. And now we're better investors because we bought that bad deal. And so I w that's the one thing that I kind of wish that I would have done is not being so paralyzed and keep, you know, I'm not going to do that one that, that one that doesn't smell right or doesn't feel right. They all would have continued me on my journey, whether it was a good deal or a bad deal. So my reflections are interesting because that phase for me only lasted three months. Um, the, the analysis paralysis is only three months. And I knew early on that I am a doer. Like, like people actually, people ask me now, they're like, do you have a book I recommend? I'm like, go to a meetup. Don't, don't spend your time. You can read 80 books and still not do the thing. Um, but if you go to a meetup, you'll start networking and that's, that's taking action. Um, so I think mine is getting started earlier in the doing, um, the learning phase wasn't, wasn't too long, like I mentioned, but the real thing for business is I wish early on, I knew I was going to turn this into a business. So this like hybrid hobby thing. And with that, making the decision to scale with the right people sooner. That's a great point. Something that a common theme that I'm seeing is that taking action is extremely important, important, but I can tell you that it's really a cycle. I found that it's a cycle, right? So you got to take action, but there has to be some type of reflection period. So there is a, to me, there is a learning side. There's a reflection side and I'm a natural reflector. So uh, this advice is actually very um, timely for me. I like to reflect, learn, analyze, but eventually you have to put that into action, but it's a cycle. So you act like Marty said, we made some, you know, you, you buy the deal, you get in, you're going to make some mistakes, but then you take what you, you acted, you made a mistake, then you reflect on it, learn from it, tweak what you're doing. Uh, as you come back around now, you don't make the same mistakes, you make different mistakes, and then you keep learning that way. It's a cycle. Um, so to me, it's not, there are doers, there are natural reflectors, but it's the balancing, the, the balancing of both of those. Uh, I think in a, in a learning cycle. Yeah. I think what's interesting about that is we have fear 
like the reason we don't take action is because we have fear, fear of making a mistake, fear of buying a bad deal, fear of not having money, fear of um, letting people down. I mean, there's all this fear. That's the reason we're not we're not taking action out of the gate because we don't know. We have uncertainty. We don't feel like we have enough knowledge or enough experience. But the reality is that everybody on this podcast at some point didn't have enough experience, didn't have enough knowledge, but you got it through taking action. And here, here's the beauty of what I learned. When I first started, I just wanted to collect rentals and I was going to save up a down payment, purchase it with 25% down, you know, collect two or 300 bucks a month in cash flow and, you know, get the depreciation benefits and so on and so forth. And once I did a couple of those, I realized that it wasn't that hard and some of the fear subsided. And then I learned really two things was like, I have to get these deals at a deeper discount. So I need to find deals that are off market. And then I need to be able to raise money so that I can leverage other people's uh, money who are looking for a return on their money. But want to be involved in real estate with you because they trust you. So I feel like that was the kind of mental shift that I had personally was I had all this fear. And then once I did one thing a certain way, I learned that it wasn't that it's not, there's nothing to be fearful of. It's okay. Now I understand the process. I have more knowledge, just like you're talking about Brandon, then you're iterating, refining and, and doing it better. So you're not only are you doing it faster, but you're doing it better. Yeah, I, you know, the same sort of thing. That that was probably the biggest um, shift that I had was, you know, for a long time you start talking to people about real estate within your circle or whatever, and then you know they all start talking about, well, what if it gets vacant? What if they don't pay? What if they tear up the place? You know what I mean? And so then you you start thinking about it, and and as I started to think about it, I was like, but every rich person I know has real estate. So there has to be a correlation between that. And so the the biggest thing I guess I wish I would have learned earlier is, you know, to to not let other people kind of dictate what I was thinking and that, you know, surrounding myself with people who think the way that I think is 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 the the thing that, you know, the hockey stick, right? I was going this way and then as soon as I did that, then I started to do this, right? So um, you know, joining a, a group like this, I mean, that was that was the key for me is just you know, it's it's hard to not do what everybody else around you is saying to do. You know, having the confidence in yourself to be like, I I, I know I'm I know I'm right here. I just got to figure out. I just got to get some backup here. So humans can do hard things, right? I, I I like that. I like that saying a lot. Do you know how many people when I told uh, friends, family, whatever in um, March, April of 2020, right when COVID, like a lot of um, a lot of rental. Uh, what was it called when they, when they did uh, the eviction moratorium is what it was called. You know how many people, probably 90% of people were like, dude, don't get into real estate. That's a huge mistake. And that's the exact time I was doing that three month learning phase. And I bought my first, my first uh, property where it was only ever going to be a rental in August. I think it was August, 2020, like 90% of people told me to not do it. If I had listened to their advice and they didn't know they weren't, they also weren't doing it. So I think from that, I learned, uh, don't take the advice of people who, you know, they don't have the experience to actually give the advice. They're unqualified, um, to provide any insight on the topic. But, but with that, I mean, it did come with challenges. And I think something I didn't fully appreciate, especially on the growing a business side 
was the constant fact that this is always going to feel two steps forward, one step back. I don't know if you guys agree with me, but that's what <laughs> I dealt with some stuff this past week. I'll deal with some stuff in another month, in another year. I think it'll always feel like that, especially if you have the growth to continue to do more and grow. Yeah, more. Isn't, the, isn't the proof just in this small sample size? I would consider myself a pretty average person. And this group, Green Squad Chats group here, in the last three years, since we formed this small community and started, all pretty much doing real estate have added over $10 million to net worth, would be my guess. Just added for in three years. So I don't know, like there is no more proof than that. A bunch of normal guys who saw something and got passionate about it and started taking action on it. And you did it, James, in spite of everybody around you going, that's a terrible idea. It's COVID moratorium. The world's going to crap. Like everything's going to fail. How could you do that? Why'd you, why, why did you do it? Why did you keep doing it? Everybody was saying not to do it, James. I'm curious. Why did you keep doing it? That's a really good question. <laughs> Maybe because I'm crazy. Um, so here's the way I viewed it. So, so I moved away. I think I've told the story on this, on the podcast during earlier episodes, but uh, I moved away from Virginia beach and I had a, a really like grossly uneducated, bad experience. And that was in, you know, non COVID times. It was, it was a very risk mitigated time period that was in uh, November, December, 2019 was when that started. So COVID didn't exist yet. And then uh, got a rinser in there, like, right. Thank God, like right before COVID started. And after three months, I remember talking to some guys from War Room before I met y'all, uh, some other, you know, real estate investors and um, did started not analyzing properties. And I realized like, I'm now educated. I am educated to the point where I, I know how the debt works. I know how to, to analyze for the cash on cash return. I, I know the things. Um, so I realized an educated approach during non-ideal times is better than a non-educated approach during ideal times. That's kind of like the way, looking back, that's how I thought of it. And uh, it definitely worked for sure. So I think that was kind of the, that was the thought process. I probably wouldn't have told you that at the time. It felt, it felt scary. I was like, well, the numbers, I'm a math guy, like the numbers work. So do that. Yeah. Kind of what you're saying right now, James, and it ties back into what Marty talked about earlier about getting around a group of people. And Marty mentioned that kind of think the same, but uh, if we dig a little deeper to in that, I don't think it's that we want to be around people who have the exact same thoughts about everything, right? We want diversity of thought, but what it is, is the overall mindset of the people that you're surrounding your, yourself with a growth mindset, a mindset, like we've been talking about almost this whole episode, a mindset of learning, acting, failing, learning, iterating, acting, right? It's that mindset that this process isn't going to stop that we can do more. We don't have to follow the herd. We can think for ourselves. We can learn on the fly. We can adapt. We can flex. That is, I think, is what I pulled when you said, yeah, getting around the right people who are thinking the same. It's that growth mindset is is the similarity we share. Yeah, I, I have an instant thought to that. You know what this reminds me of? And, and this is also such a, an exciting, like fascinating dovetail into our military culture. This is the OODA loop. This is John Boyd's OODA loop, observe, orient, decide, act. 
maybe in real estate's at a slower pace. You know, I'm a huge studier of uh, like that's my that's my jam, John Boyd, the OODA loop decision making. And I mean, for the audience who don't really know about the observe, orient, decide, and act, this was a fighter pilot who was really, really skilled. And you know, they'd call him Forty Second Boyd because he was he was able to operate in in dogfighting and aircraft faster than other people because he would observe, orient, decide, and act. And he understood his own decision making, which is funny because my mentors who are, you know, eight and nine figure mentors to me, when I just talked to them about money mindset, they say, they, they're like, I promise you money follows speed, money follows speed. And they're talking about speed of decision-making. The one thing that these guys do is they make decisions quickly, not, not dumb decisions, not informed, non-informed decisions, but they act quickly. And that's what we're talking about today is like, James, you jumped in, you acted, you observed what was going on in the space. You got educated, you oriented on it, you made a decision and you're like, this makes sense. This is logical. I've, I'm educated enough to know that I can be successful in the space. And it's been proven in this group. Like I said, definitely over $10 million in ad- added to the net worth, dozens, if not a hundred plus properties, definitely a hundred plus properties transacted in this group. So it's like, the proof is there. Nobody's special here. We just do it. There is no secret sauce. We just, we care. We're around people who have diversity of thought, different investment strategies. We're able to network with them and then we act on it. We're a group of seven average dudes who are doing extraordinary things. And that's just because we're together. The learning process, the OODA loop, the growth mindset, none of these things are directly tied to, hey, when I was starting out, I wish I would have known how to uh, really calculate a higher rate of return or extract an extra percentage point off my off my return. No, all these relate to, I, I, I wish I would have acted quicker, had the growth mindset people surrounding me so that I had the accountability in the group that we could we could rely on each other, hold each other accountable and move in the direction of our visions versus the limited kind of mindset of, well, this is what I see everybody out there doing. All of my friends and family, this is how they do it. And they're telling me I'm crazy for going outside the box, right? It's, these are the things that we wish we would have known, not necessarily how to work an Excel spreadsheet and crunch it. You know, how can we extract two extra percentage points? No, but that's why we don't take action though. Like if, if somebody were to join our, our, our team and see what we're doing and they were just starting out, they'd be, they just, they couldn't wrap their head around it because we'd learn that through action. But if you remember, you're like, how are they getting these big multifamily syndications? Like what's the sales spreadsheet? What are every step? How do I underwrite it? How do I put an LOI in? How do I, like you, you look for something, you need some kind of certainty. So you do have to learn something, but can you imagine how overwhelmed somebody just starting out would be if they were in our day, our weekly conversations we have, they would be mind blown. They do need something. They, they do need something, I guess, is my point. And the problem is, is they have an insatiable desire to have every single step laid out for them because they don't want to make a mistake. They have to accept that they will make mistakes and just get enough information and execute on it. It's, it's easy for us to say, but I can remember when it was hard to do. I was like, I don't get it. How... 
Like, what do they do exactly? I remember wanting to know, like, what do they do exactly? You, you can't have zero knowledge. And again, I'll, I'll, man, I'll link it back. This is right in my wheelhouse uh, for interest. I'm a reflector. I like to have, I do like to have some knowledge. I like to learn a little bit first and then implement it, right? And take some action. And there's people who just take action without knowing anything. And I think there's a balance there. You're you're 100% right, Adam. You know, you you don't want to step into something where you have zero knowledge. Now you're going to get yourself in trouble. And especially depending on where your kind of foundation is already, you know, maybe you can't, maybe you're not resilient enough yet to be able to withstand a, a, a catastrophic loss or something like that. And if you get into something you know nothing about, that could be dangerous. So uh, point well taken, 100%. I think though that what we, the conversation, and correct me if I'm wrong here, jump in, that it has centered around while we need to know those things, the mindset, the growth mindset, the learning, those types of things, if we had to know one thing getting started, right, it would be kind of centered around what we were talking about the first part of this episode, even though other, the other things are extremely important as well. Uh, it, you know, what this conversation makes me think of is um, in five or 10 years, how we're going to come back to this and say the same thing. Wish I knew this on that date. Um, how has the, how has the impact of marketing and capturing uh, as a, uh, a diligent marketing approach helps you guys? Do you guys feel like that's in the realm of something you wish you knew earlier or, or maybe implement? Oh, for me, a hundred percent. I said in the beginning, the two skills that I didn't have that I had to get were raising money and finding off market deals. And to find off market deals, I had to learn how to be a marketer, do marketing on multiple fronts. One for people to raise money to, two to find sellers who needed my help to solve a problem that they would trade equity for. But I mean, being able to do marketing in general is absolutely critical. And I think it's critical in any business. And I've heard multiple people say this, but any business best known beats best. And that just tells you what you need to know about marketing. Best known beats best. You can have the best product in the world. If nobody knows you, you're not selling that product or you're not, you're not going to make much traction. So I, I think marketing is absolutely critical, man. And it's been huge for our business. We obviously do a ton of marketing for properties and we do a bunch of deals. I, I know that's the case, but I know that I'm not a good marketer and I know that I'm not a good raiser of private money. So what I do is I, I get close to people like Adam. And so that way I can say, hey man, I got this deal. You got somebody who can lend me some money. You know, the two or three guys that have lent me money is all people that I've learned earn, uh, met from somebody else, right? And I'm not good at that, but I know to tap into my network of people who are good at that. And so, you know, something that I wish I would have learned er earlier is that I get way farther together than I do by myself. I, I think that, that networking is a cousin of marketing, right? You, you're marketing yourself. It may not be using the same medium that Adam's using, or it may not be hiring an ad firm to, to create content for you, but you are still absolutely marketing yourself, your skill set, your business through networking, through masterminding and getting your name out there. And so I think there's a strong relationship and I think you're, you know, for that reason, you, you know, you absolutely could say you're marketing. Yeah. That's a great way to put it, Tom. Uh, and I'd like to add when it comes to networking, you don't have to be this charismatic extroverted person who is just at every conference, 
meeting everybody. Um, I think a lot of us in this group, me for me being one of them, right? You can be introverted, but you form relationships based on mindset, based on interests, and by trying to help the other person, right, get better. How can you help them? And you can build networks out that way, slowly. Uh, I, I think it's important to just keep it. I guess the point is it's important to keep in mind that, you know, you don't have to be out there every day of the week at a different conference, meeting new people. Um, you do have to put yourself out there a little bit, but I think you can do it in a way that works for your personality and, and how you um, how you like to operate. 100%. And, and I think it probably goes in the category of things I wish I knew or, or things I wish I could exploit maybe earlier it is the power of networking. Every single business or financial opportunity that has presented itself to to my to me over the last decade has 100% been the result of networking. Somebody I knew that said, "Hey, you interested in, in in an opportunity or or meeting a realtor over a beer or just sharing my interest with someone else and having that come back a day, a week, a month, or, or three years later, uh, it has 100% been responsible for any." success I've had. Tom, isn't your newest adventure just simply you talking to the old guy and having a conversation? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, you know, not, not ready to share details, but I, I've got a potential business acquisition that is absolutely the result of a 10-year relationship and a conversation at the 10-year point where somebody says, hey, I think this might be a good fit for you. So yes, Marty, it, it continues to to pay dividends. I think the what's interesting about that i just try to put myself back into my own shoes before and i'm like i hear tom go he's doing a business acquisition that sounds insane how do i do that is that a good idea to do should i be doing that how do i find this 10-year relationship well the reality is is you already have these relationships but you're not you probably haven't told people who you are and what you do and start talking about hey i'm doing real estate i'm an entrepreneur for, you know, they may have, they may know you as your current identity. For me, it was being in the military, being a Marine. That was my only identity, basically. And it wasn't until I started telling people that I'm a real estate investor. And I even before I'd done a whole lot, I started telling people I was a real estate investor. And then that's when over time, those opportunities surfaced. Those those 10 year relationships became different conversations. Those people who maybe had some money sitting on the sideline and wanted to invest in real estate with somebody else, they started to surface. So I do think it's just kind of important to provide that context because we all have we all have an identity. Many of us on this call it has primarily been what we've done in the service because it's been the majority of our adult lives. And We've also started to become real estate investors, business owners, and we just have a different identity. We have this secret identity that many of us are starting to come out and bring out to the surface as our careers wind down to the end. Not that everybody's career is winding to the end, but most of you are getting old. Not me, of course, or James. But we don't have our resident old guy, Travis, on the call today. No, Adam, that's a, that's a super uh, important point. I'm glad you brought that out. 
Uh, you're right. The, the, in this case, the gentleman that I'm talking to knew me as a Navy pilot. And, and in one conversation, he said, well, what, what's your future look like? And I said, I don't know. I, I'm thinking about buying a business or starting a business, which that's exactly what you're talking about. And that just changed the whole course of our conversation. You talk about identities, right? I think that a lot of people love it when they find out that you have this most, like you said, most of our adult lives have been spent in the service. Um, how much have we learned in that aspect of our lives that we can bring to bear on any business, investing, any other relationship that we're in to add value immediately? It doesn't, it's not all about, oh, I have 20 years of pure real estate investing or pure entrepreneurship. No, look at all the teamwork operating on core values, a shared mission, common purpose. I mean, all of these things that you learn when you're in the military, they apply in life. And being able to bring that out into those other ventures is extremely valuable, I think. Has anyone else had any experience with that? I think it continues to be an experience for me. Um, I mean, I'll sit down with my broker. He's He has, uh, you know, he's a former attorney practicing in the foreclosure space, uh, post post crash era. And, um, we'll sit down and talk about a real estate thing and I'll just, I'll think of a leadership or an operations organizational type thing. And I'll just mention it, nothing to do with real estate. And you will be like, Oh, you know, that's a good idea. And I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to brag about that, but I think it's directly there. There's a direct correlation between that. Uh, I think I still continue to not fully appreciate it. And then I get into a situation. I'm like, hold on a second. I think I, I think I know an idea that could at least uh, provide some, some value here. And I share it and people are just kind of surprised because it's all these, at the end of the day, all these things are, are really the same. Like we're in the business of transacting uh, with other humans, really. So organizational leadership is, is, um, very valuable to know from our military time. I, I think, um, you know, I think James is spot on. And I think the problem solving skills, the, the learning how to talk to people from different backgrounds with different experiences and the bias for action are, are generally some of the most important things that I take from my military experience and apply to other life experiences. And for me, it's resiliency, right? I mean, you know, when you're overseas and you're sweating your no-nos off, you know, fighting, fighting the good fight, you know, that's some hard stuff. And then you come back and then you're able to kind of put that resiliency that you, you, you learned and, and used over there. And now you're able to apply it in your everyday life of real estate investing or whatever. Cause when the times get hard, you can, you can use that mental Rolodex that, you know, that, you know, that you'll get through it. I know uh, we're running short on time guys. Um, but I, I, one more tie-in, right, is this podcast. We talked about learning versus acting versus doing, right? There's the reflectors in the group that were like, oh, yeah, it's a great idea. And then we're trying to hammer out all this stuff. And then the, the doers in the group were like, hey, we just need to get on the calendar and just hit the record button. And it was that, I think that blending, which we probably got started earlier than some of the reflectors wanted to. And then probably later for some of the doers. Um, but again, we're around each other, growth mindset. It's a learning cycle and you have to take action. That's part of the cycle. 
And this is just another example of that. Um, does anyone else have anything, any last words before we sign off for the week? All right. Another awesome green squad chat. I love you guys. It's been one of the most you know rewarding things in my life to join this group. And I look forward to getting back with you next time.